Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the show. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast. I'm Monique, and I enjoy interviewing guests about veganism, overall wellness, and vegan entrepreneurship. This is truly a lifestyle podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review to help others find us. You can leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Also, come hang out with me on YouTube. I'm Brown Vegan over there for recipes and vegan tips. And as always, you can get the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com. So I just want to find out how you're doing. Let's start there. How has life been treating you lately? Pretty good, actually. So I started 75 Hard a few days ago, which is exciting. I did it last year. Um, So I'm like back on my Zoom, so to speak. (laughs) So that's been good. And uh, yeah, like summer is winding down a little bit, which is a little sad, but it is what it is. But yeah, I've been doing well. What about you? I'm good too. Yeah, I, you know, I love this time of year. This is my favorite time because the sun is always shining and it's good for my mood. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love this time. 75 hard. Wait. Yeah. Whoo, let's go. Let's go there for a second. Tell yeah, us wh- so- what is that even like what does that entail for you? Cuz I know I've, when I see it on TikTok, I feel like sometimes people like um they adjust it based on what they want it to be. So mm-hmm. what is it for you? Like what are, what does it entail each day? So I'm pretty much doing it to like to the book, I guess you could say that in English. Um so I'm doing two workouts a day, one outside. And sometimes both are outside, but one has to be outside. And then the other rule is reading 10 pages of nonfiction, which I'm doing, uh, drinking a gallon of water, which is about four liters of water for those of us who are not American. So I've been doing that. And then what are the other things? Oh, like you have to take a progress pick a day and then you have to follow some kind of a diet. I'm just trying to eat more whole foods. I'm not like overcomplicating it too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I know that some people do like 75 soft or things that like just make more sense. Like, so they just do one workout instead of two. And then another thing is no alcohol, but I've been kind of weaning off alcohol for the past few months. So that has been um, pretty okay. The first time I did it last year was like super rough. Not that I'm a big drinker, but um, no alcohol at all for 75 days straight. It, it was something, but now I think I'll, I'll be fine with the challenge. It probably made you realize that you drink more than you thought. That's yeah. probably what happened, right? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, wow, this is like happening every Friday, basically. <laughs> so like, welcome in the weekend, you know, and you don't realize it, but it's, and it's not necessary. Like, no shade to anyone who drinks. Like, I'm not judgmental at all. But um, yeah, I've been feeling really, but be- like, way better not having it. So it's been a yeah. good check in. So the only thing I'm thinking off the top of my head that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sure if I could consistently do is a two workouts a day. Mm-hmm. So how does that look for you? So walking counts and I'm oh, a big walker. Yeah. So that like, I don't think I would be able to do like two hardcore workouts a day. So I try to do one walk outside and then I'll do like a spin class or like yoga, Pilates. Like I have those classes that I've been doing regularly. So it's just about doing them every single day. Um, but yeah, it definitely builds discipline and you can't like stack them as well. So you kind of have to have, make sure that one is like in the morning and the other one is in the evening. So you can't just do like two back to back 45 minute workouts. Like that doesn't really count. And the point is so that you have to manage your time and be intentional about showing up that way, which I kind of like at first when I did it the first time, I was like, this is really annoying, (laughs) but over time you just like build that discipline. And so, yeah, it's been really fun. 
I like that it's not hardcore because in my mind I was thinking it was just based on some of the TikToks I saw. Yeah, I mean, some people take it there. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going there with you, but like, good for you. <laughs> oh, is it 45 minutes each time? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as far as ho- more Whole Foods, are you just just trying to um, what is yeah? What is your your meals looking out looking like as far as um making sure that you eat more whole ingredients? Yeah, so I use this app called The Daily Dozen. It's by oh, Dr. I Gregor. I, I'm obsessed I with it. Love that him. checklist, I know. I'm, and I'm actually reading How Not to Die again for the challenge because you have to read nonfiction. I'm reading and How it, Not to Die it. Oh, really? my God, look at this. That's so it's, funny. Wow, that's so funny. Yeah, so I use the checklist, and I'm trying to get in 16 out of 24 of my servings. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, um, but for me, like, I do still eat processed food, so I'll eat, like, my chicken nuggets and all that. And so I find it really hard to like hit more than like 18 servings. But that is really good. 18 is good. Think about how many people probably don't even get two, to be honest. That's the thing. Exactly. And I'm trying to hit different things. Like if you know the checklist, you can, it's easy to just like forget to eat an entire food group. Like whole grains is something that I'm not really in the habit of eating regularly unless I'm eating popcorn, to be honest. Um, so yeah, like I try to be intentional about getting like my cruciferous veg, my greens and all that stuff. So it's been really helpful to make sure that I'm like eating a more varied diet. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's a great app, great work he's doing. How not to die how not to die i actually have that on audible but i'm reading how not to diet i read that for like 10 15 minutes every morning before i go and work so i I really enjoy it i mean as you know his books are like reference books like 700 pages yeah (laughs) he does not play like and it's all like information packed as well so i like that you're only doing like a few minutes a day because i can't read more than half an hour of his book without being overloaded like i'm just like i'm not going to remember any of this right right yeah you're getting your bang for your buck with his books for sure (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel like I'm going to finish this book and probably till the end of next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's That's okay. So like you said, yeah. but it's okay because I'm reading other things too. So it's just like, okay, cool. But I, I like this as far as this. I thought about the 75. What is it called? 75 hard, right? 75 hard. Yeah. I thought about it at one point, but I was like, I think I was turned off by that second workout. So yeah, yeah. you could do 75 soft maybe. So that one is just one workout a day and then you're allowed to drink alcohol for social occasions and when it comes to reading it doesn't have to be nonfiction. I believe those are the only modifications but honestly people do their own thing right like yeah of course whatever works for you yep so how was your relationship with food growing up did you have any exposure to vegan or vegan or vegetarian life where did you grow up tell us about how that looked for you Mm -hmm. so growing up my parents were like big meat eaters Um, and I also like developed into a big meat eater, but when I was really young, like I want to say like four or so, I remember being turned off by eating certain animal products that reminded me that I was eating an animal, if that makes sense. So things like chicken with the bone in, or I'm from the Caribbean, so we eat a lot of oxtail and pigtail and those things really turned me off when I was young because I was just confronted with the fact that I was eating an animal and my parents couldn't say that it was something else. You know what I mean? Whereas if it's like a cut up chicken breast, you can say that it's just, oh, it's just meat and it's easy to like 
dissociate from it if that makes sense it does um so yeah so when i was a kid i remember being turned off by eating things with like the bones in them and then over time i, I looked past it because my parents were like great cooks so especially my dad <laughs> so i was just i was eating that up and then um as i grew up i in high school saw this documentary called meet your meat on youtube it's not like the best documentary out there but it was really an informative for me um it briefly showed you how different animals were treated for different foods and i remember just being stunned like i was shocked i couldn't believe that i obviously knew that animals had to be killed in order for me to sit down and eat their bodies but i didn't realize just how deplorable the conditions that they were living in were So, yeah, that was really a big shocker for me. But at the time, I had an eating disorder and I was living at home. So it was really difficult for me to go vegan. And it wasn't something that was really spoken about as much. This was also before social media. So I wasn't exposed to vegans online or anything like that. And so I compromised and went pescatarian for a while. And I maintained that for a few years until my circumstances changed and I started working. And so I had, you know, income and I could purchase my own food. And I was like, look, you got to be real with yourself. If there's more that you can do, you should do it. Because I remembered why I went pescatarian in the first place. And uh, yeah, then I started transitioning over to veganism and also healing my relationship with food, which was a huge, I wouldn't have been able to go vegan hadn't I focused on recovering from my eating disorder. Uh, But both happened at the same time. And uh, yeah, then I went vegan and I've been vegan now for six and a half years. Yeah. So when you, hmm. So this is interesting to me because a lot of times I think that people who do have eating disorders find veganism um, appealing because, Mm -hmm. so the fact that you did it at the same time is interesting because they're like, they like the idea of the restriction. I put that in quotes. Um, because they have an excuse to not eat as much as they probably should. So as far as your eating disorder, was it more so binging or was it you weren't eating at all? So I had a binge eating disorder. And one thing that people don't really talk about when it comes to binge eating is the restrict cycle. So binge eating is really characterized by a cycle of binging and then a cycle of restriction. And the restriction kind of, they feed into one another and exacerbate one another. Um, And so there was a component of restriction in my eating disorder. Um, And I think that, so I really had to shift the way that I viewed life and food. Um, and for me, I really connected to the the plight of animals. Like I just felt really bad for eating them and just viewing them as commodities. Like I just wanted to be responsible for less harm. And that was always my um, intention. And that's where my heart was. And I always tell people that, you know, have eating disorders or a history of disordered eating is to really recognize where your intentions are. And it's hard to do that when you have an ED because um, there's, you lie to yourself a lot when you have an eating disorder, you're hiding from people, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to others. And so it's really hard to be honest with yourself in terms of your intentions. But I definitely agree a lot of people gravitate towards eating a plant-based diet because they assume that they can mask their eating disorder and restrict even more. Um, So I was really um, honest with myself about why I was doing it. And I really took my time. And for me, I actually ended up eating a way more varied diet because 
um, for every animal product that I took out of my diet, I made sure to introduce at least two. So by that way, I was really eating way more diversely than I was before. Um, and I didn't fall into that trap of just taking everything out and then being having nothing as to why eat. I was restricted. Exactly. And I yeah. think that's something that a lot of people go through, whether or not you have an eating disorder or not, is just taking things out instead of and forgetting to swap. So that's like one of my biggest tips is to swap instead of cutting because yeah, you can get into very dangerous territory when you're just taking things out. Yeah. So during the process of your healing, have you determined why you had a eating I'm sorry, eating disorder? Mm-hmm. anyway like I hope that's the question makes sense because no it does it's like anything else right I'm sorry excuse my ignorance I don't really know a lot about eating disorders but no, for do sure. you feel like um you know where it came from mm-hmm. so I grew up with a mom who grew up in a very fat phobic society I think we all in a sense are exposed to fat phobia um the discrimination against larger bodies and it's it's mostly systemic but it also happens on an individual level um and her like both my parents are like hefty people so my dad was like a big guy my mom was i would say fat like not unhealthy because fat doesn't necessarily mean unhealthy but they were bigger people and so it was always surprising to me that like my mom had such disdain for my sister and I's bodies as we were growing up because we looked exactly like our parents so we were just like thick right we're just like fat kids you know and um it yeah so it started there when I was a child my mom would severely restrict what I was allowed to eat um so not allowing me to like have seconds if I was hungry um not being allowed to eat certain foods and so that kind of it for me really triggered this one disdain for my body and so the desire to change how I looked but also an obsession with food because if you're not allowed to eat certain things when you're hungry and even, you know, food serves another purpose as well. We also eat for comfort, um, for emotional satisfaction, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, It is when you're only eating food for comfort, but there is a part that's social to food. And so when you're restricted in that sense, especially at a young age, you, you become obsessed with food. And that was the case for me. And so as soon as I could, Um, access food in larger quantities as soon as I got a job like most of my money was spent just purchasing food and then binging on it and then restricting and I was also a very active kid so I played volleyball in high school and college and so that also was like a compensatory method to like my eating so I would kind of use that as well to like restrict or control my intake um and so it was a very like unhealthy cycle that I got into but it really stemmed from childhood and uh, being restricted from foods and being told that larger bodies were bad and so it's a lot it's been a lot to like unlearn that and really adopt like an anti-diet approach to life uh but yeah that's how my eating disorder started really yeah. So what did this what are some of the steps you took to heal your relationship with food? Or is that something that's going to always going to be ongoing? Um so going vegan was a like huge part of that recovery process. Um in the sense that going vegan really allowed me to tap into empathy 
um, and consideration and patience because everything that I was doing, everything that I was eating, I was being intentional about making sure that it didn't contain animal products or that animals weren't harmed in the process of those products. And I just, I, I like, I don't know how to explain it, but it kind of allowed me to extend empathy onto myself because I was so, I was my harshest critic. And if you have an eating disorder, you know what it's like to have that voice in your head that like, you know, you never treat yourself to anything. You think you're worthless. You think you're useless. And when you're now doing something for other individuals that you've never met and will likely never meet, it kind of becomes a little silly to be so harsh on yourself. Um, And so that was one way in which I was able to tap into that like empathy and consideration for myself. And then the other was because I was eating a more varied diet. I was eating so many other fruits and vegetables and I was learning how to cook different things. And I was passionate about cooking even before I went vegan. And so um, by going vegan, I think a lot of us also, you know, not everyone, but a lot of us do fall in love with the process of cooking. And um, I think in that sense, it really did heal my relationship with food because I didn't view food as punishment or a reward. It was just something that I was, you know, happy nourishment. to take in. Exactly. Yeah. And it was nourishment and it allowed me to live in line with my beliefs. And I knew that I wasn't, you know, harming others when I didn't have to. And so there was a great satisfaction that came with that. And right now I would say like, it's not something that I really struggle with. Like from time to time, I do have certain thoughts, like it'll kind of creep back up. Um, But I've been so intentional about shutting those voices down over the past few years that it just does not happen. And so that's why I'm really passionate too about creating content for people who were in similar situations, because I know just how difficult it can be, especially if you also want to go vegan. But yeah. Yeah. I like how you have so you emphasize the importance of this being a a movement and not a diet on your Mm. your content, because a lot of times people think that it is. Uh And I get get that, especially for black folks, we really think it's a diet. Oh, we're the worst for that. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Any thoughts you want to share about that? I, yeah, that was honestly why I started creating content in the first place was because a lot of the vegan, I consume like a lot of content from black vegans, yourself included. um, And I realized that there was really lacking that focus on the social justice aspect of it, right? A lot of us create like food content and that's great. No shade to it. I think we need all kinds of vegans doing all kinds of things. Uh, But I wasn't seeing as many black people um, talking about those other aspects to veganism. And so I kind of wanted to step in and, and give my two cents about that. Um, because yeah, like a lot of people think about veganism just in terms of the diet. And actually one of my tips, if you want to go vegan and you've had an eating disorder is to focus on the non-food aspects of things, right? There are so many, th- like your cleaning products, your skincare, the clothing that you wear, like there are so many other things that you can start transitioning that don't even touch upon the diet. And I find that when you start making those steps, you can build a lot of momentum and ease into veganism in a different way, as opposed to most of us who just started with a diet. And then we were, we realized at some point we're like, oh, snap, there's way more to this than I thought originally. So yeah, it's always helpful to remember every other aspect that comes with going vegan. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely is a movement for sure. And uh, I think a lot of times with us um, as Black folks, the reason why we don't want to 
think about the ethics of becoming a vegan, which is what it's about, is because we already have so many other things that are going on in our community. And yeah. it just feels like even though we can focus on more than one thing, it just feels like it doesn't uh, directly affect us. So 100%. I could see I can see why is that's the case for a lot of us. But I feel like in your work and that's actually how I came across you. I think I want to say Jasmine Diary of a Mad Black Vegan is how yeah, I discovered I you. Yeah, really? I think that's how. Oh, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how I discovered you a couple of years ago. And at that time, or it might be a little longer than that um, when I started following you. But I think at that time you had you were like, I feel like, OK. I hope this doesn't sound harsh, but you were on a rampage about white. Oh, I was, I was, <laughs> I was unhinged. I would say, yeah, that is completely that, to say. Yes, where did that come from? What was going on in that at that time of your life? Oof. Okay, so this was like at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Mm-hmm. And or I should I should say resurgence, um, in 2020, and I noticed a lot of people, vegans especially, white vegans, I should say, took issue to the fact that I was using my platform to denounce anti-Blackness and, um, or, yeah, and racism. And they were like, oh, like, I thought this was a vegan page. I don't know why you're talking about this. Um, You know, if you're a vegan, you should be here for animal liberation. And I was like, hold up. (laughs) Are you actually telling me that you have a problem? (laughs) Because I'm at, I am black first and foremost. Like, what is going on? Always. Always, Like, before anything. And so that was like, okay, y'all do not know me at all. (laughs) And so I, I went off. And there are a lot of other people that have spoken about white veganism. But I think for me, it was in that moment that I realized that people were not understanding intersectionality and we're not understanding the experiences of Black vegans and people who are marginalized in other ways. Um, And so just to like briefly talk about white veganism, it's basically veganism that is a single issue in nature Mm -hmm. and it's not liberatory for all individuals. So I compare it to first wave feminism that was dubbed as white feminism because it was only liberatory for white women. Mm-hmm. And it actually actively went against um, the rights of other women. And I think when people hear white veganism, they're like, oh, well, does that mean all white vegans perpetuate it? Not necessarily, right? Like you will have people from marginalized groups who advocate against their own liberation. Um, you have black people for Trump. You have gays for Trump, et cetera, right? Yeah. Um, however, the people who are most likely to uphold white supremacy are white people because they're the primary beneficiaries of it. So that's why it's called white veganism because white vegans tend to uphold it the most um and yeah so another example that like really um frustrates me and people still try to do it to this day is compare the plight of non-human animals to slavery or the holocaust oh i hate that and i i can't stand it and they'll bring up it, it really is. And they'll bring up the dictionary definition to be like, well, actually, it is a Holocaust. And you really fail to understand how you're triggering people in that moment. And it's not necessary, in my opinion, to trigger human beings in order to get them to go vegan or extend empathy, because the means that you're using is not empathetic. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we could talk about dictionary definitions all day long. But if you take the definition of racism, for example, in the dictionary, there's no mention of power. It just talks about prejudice. 
And as we know, in order for racism to exist, there needs to be both prejudice and power at play. And so we can't just keep falling back to these dictionary definitions and then throwing them around and being like, well, actually, technically it is. You have to understand who you're talking to. Who do you want to go vegan? You're excluding an entire group of people because personally, if I was not vegan and someone would just be comparing the plight of non-human animals to what my ancestors went through, I'm, I'm shutting down. Right. I'm, I'm not listening to anything. Off. Yes. Mm, you're, it's not going to work. And so that's another core tenant of white veganism is failing to understand intersectionality um, and insisting on triggering humans in order to um, get any action to occur. And I, I just think it's so deplorable. And so at the time I was <laughs> very, very passionate about it. I still am. I just don't talk about it as often because it's taxing on my mental health. Yeah. I think people forget that there are you know, individuals behind these pages. And so I kind of had to protect my peace a little bit and still am. But yeah, white veganism is something else. I'm sure you were being trolled daily. Oh my Oof, goodness. Yes, I can only yes. imagine. Oh it was a goodness. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, another thing I really like about your message is the the importance of making this transition as slowly or as you mm-hmm. need to, you know, it doesn't have to be something overnight. And, you know, you always emphasize the importance of doing it that way so that you don't burn out and so that it's sustainable. So uh, what does that even look like as far as some suggestions that you can give people on how to make a long-term decision to go vegan? Because a lot of times, you know how it is, people do like a maybe a cleanse and then they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is good. And they're good for 30 days. And then 30 days after that, they're good. And then after that, they're like, I don't know if this is for me. (laughs) Yeah, it Um, happens. So yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, thanks for sharing that, actually. So it's my problem. So I have I have beef with ex vegans. <laughs> like oh wait what? Yeah. So I I don't I want to I think I view it as like an epidemic, and so it's something that I really want to stop. Wait I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not completely serious. One thing about me, I played way too much. But I see. Yeah. <laughs> My goal is to really ensure that when people are transitioning towards veganism, they're doing it for life. Um, Because I think that ex-vegans in particular derail the movement so much. And this isn't to say for all ex-vegans, right? But I think that it's just such a harmful thing at times, the way that they denounce veganism and then talk speak ill about it and I know personally and through social media a lot of ex-vegans and when you really get down to the reasons why they stopped being vegan it's either because they started doing it for a trend or as you said it was like a cleanse or some kind of phase Um, a lot of people are like masking their eating disorders by going vegan other people are entering relationships with non-vegans and they just find it easier to no longer be vegan but instead of actually saying that they're you know denouncing a plant-based diet and really perpetuating harmful rhetoric and so when I encourage people to go vegan I really want to make sure that their intentions are in the right place and that they're transitioning at a pace that they can sustain because burnout is such a real thing I think with absolutely uh, with veganism especially because you're living in a non-vegan world and there are so many 
factors. It just, it's so much easier to not be vegan. Absolutely. It's it's really ridiculous sometimes. I think I've been vegan now for six and a half years. It's second nature to me. I'm used to, you know, looking up menus before I go out, reading labels, um, having certain conversations as needed. And it's, to me, it's a very minor inconvenience when I consider what animals are going through, really. But day to day, it takes a lot. And if you're just rushing into this, you're going to get to a point where it's you've done too many changes too quickly and you're not able to maintain this facade, if it makes sense, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not natural. No. And people don't realize, like, you've been conditioned for years to view animals as commodities. We have been, we're seeped in a speciesist world wherein you view non-human animals specifically as inferior to you and um, serving you a purpose, right? You view certain companion animals as, you know, they are companions to you. You view um, farmed animals as food. You view giraffes and zebras as the animals that you go see in zoos. Like we just don't view them as individuals with personalities and families and the ability to create connection. And so, Unlearning that really, really takes time and aligning your actions with that belief, especially takes even more time. And so I don't, I don't think that you can go vegan overnight. To me, it's like saying that you're a racist today and tomorrow you're an anti-racist. I don't Mm -hmm. understand how that works, right? Like you don't (laughs) just wake up and unlearn years of conditioning, you know, like you might wake up and have a change of heart. You might wake up and be like, you know what? I want to be different. I want to do different. But to say that you, you've done the work and it's not to discourage anyone from going vegan or, you know, you, I think you can adopt a plant-based diet overnight, but I don't think that you can go vegan overnight. And I don't think that we should be rushing people into this if we want them to maintain it long-term, right? If your goal is just to get a ton of people transitioning, sure, go ahead and do it. But personally, Again, I don't want people to end up as ex-vegans, so I'm going to do the work to make sure that they do it sustainably without burning out. Love this. Um, It's Mm -hmm. interesting what you say about the denouncing part. I didn't even consider that. I thought that you were just saying in general, oh, I just I need you to stay vegan. But you're absolutely (laughs) right. A lot of times I'm thinking about like videos that I've seen in people in the past Mm -hmm. where they're just like it's been so hard for me. I've been thinking about making this video for two years and, you know, like sitting in some empty room kind of thing. And it really is about the fact that they denounce it. I get that, that part of it, because it's, I think personally people should do what they want to do. What works for them. Agreed. But when they go into it and they say, this is not the way you should live, then it does take away from, like you said, the progress that we've made. So I definitely agree with that. But but it's also their story, though, right? Can we can we really tell them not to do it? I ha- I go back and forth because can You're we right. say that? Yeah, it's like, their story. With the, the way that I see it, so I don't personally. I have never gone to an ex vegan and been like what you're doing is wrong. I won't comment on the videos that they release. I'm very quiet about that because I think that everyone's going through their own journeys. And sometimes you tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself in order to feel better or or to like go to sleep at night, you know, and whether or not these people are honest with regards to the reasons why they're no longer vegan is their, that's their karma. That's their lives to deal with. My issue, as you said, is when people start spewing lies about veganism and a plant-based diet and how it's inherently restrictive and how it's not sustainable and those kinds of things. I'm like, you can just say that it didn't work for you and move on. 
I, I would respect you way more. No, yeah. for real, because I hear you. this isn't for everyone, right? But then what, when you're going to start spewing lies, that's where I'm like, mm, I draw the line there. But yeah, I, I honestly like live and let live is how I view it. And I've seen a lot of people too, like in vegan spaces, I think it's a lot of us can, I, I don't say us because I, I don't participate in this, but for example, one of my favorite restaurants that was vegan started introducing dairy. And so I was obviously, I was disappointed. I, I think I commented, I was like, oh, this is unfortunate, you know, or like, what a bummer, you know, just left it at that. But then there were vegans that came into the comment section being like, this is an abomination. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm like, y'all, we need to have some decorum. But you know what I noticed? I swear we this movement attracts the most unstable people. You know, you notice that? Like, oh my god, that is exactly why. And I'm like, I sniff white veganism from afar too, because I'm like, I know that you're likely to perpetuate it. If that's the way that you're talking to someone, or if that's the energy that you're coming with, why would you like? What do you think is going to come out of that energy that you're spewing right now? It's just full of hate. Yeah. Like, veganism should not be about that. I think that we all often forget the means um, because it's, it, it does not make sense. But you're right. It really does attract some of the most militant and angry <laughs> people. And yeah. I part of me understands the sense of urgency that we have around, you know, ending animal exploitation. And I, I'm there with you. But you have to filter how you're talking to people because people are going to remember what you said to them and how you made them feel. Absolutely. not necessarily going to be like, oh, yeah, you were right. That's what a lot of vegans, I think, forget. They're like, but it's facts. And I'm like, yeah, but the way that you're going about it, this person is going to shut down. Yep. <laughs> like, you're, it's not going to work. Not listening. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like yeah. they have, and I can't stand when people have more love, more compassion for animals and not other humans. That's that's sketchy. That drives me it's really up sketchy. The wall. Yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. you see it so much. In, I don't know if it's as bad as it used to be on social media, but I know as somebody who is a YouTuber, oh my God, it used to be so bad back in the day. Like people would just had no filter whatsoever and they would just say oh. and do anything. So oh, yeah. It's, it's still bad. Like I'm on TikTok <laughs> a lot. And um Which one? I missed that TikTok? part. You say you're aware? Tick- oh god. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll go live <laughs> once in a while and people are unhinged. Like I'll have vegans be like, well, I hate human beings. Like we're the worst. Um, I'm only in it for the animals, the poor, innocent animals. And I'm like, babes, who are you trying to get to go vegan again? Is it not humans? Last time I checked. Like it's just, oh, it's so nonsensical to me. It it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you enjoy, you enjoy eating, of course. Um, You always, like you said, you like cooking and you like making food. So what are you enjoying these days? What's... What are some of some of your Oof. your fun foods that you're enjoying? I know that you're doing a 75 hard, but outside yeah. of that, the fun food and just some of your go-tos. I'm just curious. So I lately have been in like a bit of a cooking slump. So I've been eating a lot of like chicken nuggets, carrots, and I make my own ranch dip. Mm-hmm. And so I sent a photo to my friend, I think yesterday, and she's like, why does this look like a toddler's lunch? I was going to say, it's giving kindergarten. <laughs> it's giving kindergarten. It really is. Um, but I don't, I don't really share that too much on social media because I don't, I don't want to get put on blast. But that's been like the real, like that's been what I've been eating this Which week. is why you're doing it 75 um, hard, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we need to kick back into shape. But um, I'm still getting my vegetables in, you know, and what have you. But um day to day like when I'm actually like in the mood to cook and stuff I'm actually a big oatmeal fan 
Um, I know that oatmeal gets a lot of hate sometimes, but I love just adding like peanut butter, banana, chocolate chips. Like it just warms my heart every day. Um, I like to cook um, things like butter chicken is like definitely my go-to. Like I do it with I tofu. I saw that I, on your page. Yes. Mm-hmm. I eat yeah. that like weekly to be honest with you. Like I, that's why like I talk about it all the time because it's like one of the things that I cook regularly for sure it's perfect um, though because i feel like it's one of those dishes mm-hmm. that tastes better the next day because it gets time oh, to like yeah. marinate overnight yeah and it's actually so simple like once you get like the spices and stuff down like it's not it's really not complicated and it's something that i can't get at restaurants too like this is another problem <laughs> i find that like the better i get at cooking the less i want to eat out because i'm like mm-hmm. y'all are not doing it the way that i'm doing it at home and you're charging <laughs> an arm and a leg like yeah. i can't i can't afford this so yeah like butter chicken has been definitely a go-to of mine any kind of pasta dish i really love because that comes together super quick as well um what else have i been eating lately um yeah i would say that's like that's good though definitely my go-to is yeah yeah me hmm i just started falling (laughs) in love with oatmeal again i actually had some this morning so here's the thing i grew up eating oatmeal like every day because my mom it was just quick and easy for us to make her to make that for us before school so i hated oatmeal until probably like a year ago (laughs) Mm, interesting and i I eat a yeah huge salads oh my god i've been obsessed Ooh. with salad lately i know that's so cliche of course a vegan eating really salad. But, but but i have been loving it like i'm having the huge salads and i put like crispy onions in it and mm. chickpeas and the garden patties not not Ooh. the regular little chicken nuggets or strips they have but they're premium patties i love those so oh, much the garden okay. ones and uh, kidney beans and cucumber, tomatoes, just a bunch of everything in there. And then I have this dressing. I can't remember. I think it's called Marie's. It's one of those brand, the one of the big brands of dressings. Mm. But they have okay. a vegan one now. Ooh. And I've been buying. It's like five or six dollars. I've been eating that. So yeah, it's been that's been my go tos lately. Just oatmeal, that. chia pudding. I love that, which I didn't think mm. I would like for years. I avoided it. So yeah, those are the things I've been. I feel like I've been eating the same thing (laughs) for for last few weeks, but I'm going to start cooking again because like you, it's just kind of like, it's easy to get into like a a slump or like a routine of not even a slump because it tastes good. So it's not a slump to me. I'm enjoying it, but it's just like, okay, Monique, let's make something else. (laughs) Let's step up. Yeah. I think it's also like the dishes too. Like my boyfriend does most of the dishes, which I'm really grateful for, but still sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, yeah, this is cooking up a storm right now, but yeah that's dope you cook he eats and he cleans yeah, up I love exactly. that <laughs> <laughs> gotta get the balance there yeah so before we wrap up I wanted to just know if you had anything else that you would like to share any parting thoughts take it away whatever you want to share before we wrap up or you know what no hmm. that's not the last question Ooh, I want to know what are you looking <laughs> forward to because in general like what are you looking forward to in hmm. your life that's a big question it can be something small it doesn't have to be huge in any aspect of your life yeah I did put you on the spot I know I know I'm like (laughs) okay (laughs) um I think I'm looking forward to getting back into my reading era Mm -hmm. um 
and spending less time on my phone and watching yes. TV. I like I love watching TV. Like I'm obsessed with TV shows. Um, but I think that's also a big reason why I started 75 Hard was that like I was in a huge reading slump, mm-hmm. and I just want to. When I was a kid, I used to read. I was an avid avid reader. Like you couldn't find me without a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but like my attention span just like left the internet um, happens social media happened yeah, yeah. No, for sure I get um, it. and so yeah I'm definitely looking forward to getting back into into reading and I have a goal that I don't know that I'm going to accomplish it this year but I'm gonna try I I did this last year too where it's like I went through like a slump in spring and summer and then I was like just reading all the time in the fall and winter just to try to catch up and I never made it but mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. Yes. I, I love it. Yeah. The intention is there. You've got this. It's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. So, my last question is you know, any thoughts that you have, any final thoughts about veganism? If anybody's starting, I feel like in our conversation, you provided so many gems, so much information on someone, mm. you know, who is new and they want to start. You, get, you gave them the permission to take their time. And I think that's so important. So, any like final thoughts you have? And also let us know how we can support you and follow you or whatever else you want us to do. Totally. So yeah, like I think I sprinkled, as you said, my top tips, but definitely, you know, figure out why you want to go vegan, make sure that your heart is in the right place. Uh, Start with the non-food items first. And don't forget that it's not just about the food. Um, When you do tackle the food, make sure that you're doing swaps instead of cuts so that it's not restrictive. Um, Take your time going vegan. That's like biggest takeaway is that there's no rush. Uh, mm-hmm. You want this to be as sustainable as possible. And um, yeah, just like look up to other vegans online. I think that with um, social media and the internet, there are so many resources that are available to us. And we often forget, like, I think I did a Q&A on my Instagram page a few weeks ago, asking people what were their difficulties going vegan or what was stopping them. And a lot of the reasons were so easily Googleable, or, you know, you could look that up in a search engine in Instagram even or TikTok. And there are so many people creating amazing content and sharing amazing information around veganism that you can access for free within seconds. And so, yeah, definitely if, if you're serious about going vegan, definitely um, educate yourself and take a moment to, you know, watch the documentaries, listen to the podcast, really, um, learn what it's about and don't be afraid to start. Like we all started somewhere and I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to just put one foot in front of the other and take your time to get there. And I think when you take your time going vegan, you end up going vegan quicker or like than you would have imagined. Like it just, it just is so much easier. Um, and that's why I think a lot of us, I hear a lot of people talk about how going vegan is really difficult and it's challenging and it's rough and it is at first it's it's tedious at first but mm-hmm. after a while it it's breezy <laughs> it's so easy yeah you think, get into your flow yep yeah you really do so yeah definitely look forward to to that time and yeah, yeah. and how can we follow you yeah so you could follow me I'm yeah. support the vegan on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I don't really use Twitter anymore, or I'm not going to call it X, but um, you can also also find me on threads as well. And um, yeah, I share like, you know, content fairly often 
there. Yes, you do. You're very consistent. Yeah. So, Bora, thank, thank you so you. much for being on the show. This was such a great conversation. I'm so glad Thanks we for having me. Yeah, carved out some time to connect, and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care.